So today we're going to continue with the series, and we're talking about the Holy Who. Uh, This is six weeks we're taking on the Holy Spirit. We may extend it one week, I'm not sure yet. Um, But the Holy Who, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, and um, it's been a a good series. Here's the key verse for the series um, that we've been using. It's John chapter 16, starting in verse 7. It says this, Jesus talking, he says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So in this, in this series, we've been discovering why Jesus said that it is best that he goes so that the Holy Spirit can come. Because if, you're, if you don't understand clearly, that could, that could almost sound kind of weird that Jesus would say, it's good that I go, or it's best that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. What Jesus was really trying to get his disciples to understand is that I can only be in certain places at certain times and do certain things with my human capabilities. But the Holy Spirit's going to come, and he can be in all places at all times and in anyone that he chooses, and we can do a greater work if he comes. You see it? And so we've been answering that question in this series. Week one, we talked about who is the Holy Spirit. Week two, what is the role of the Holy Spirit? Week three, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And then last week, Pastor Bubba answered the question, how do I know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? Here's just a couple, just a little quick review. How do you know? What's the evidence? Like, how do I know if I've been filled with the Holy Spirit? Like, I came to the front and and, and somebody prayed for me and, and I felt something, but I don't know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like, how do you know? What's the evidence? It's a good question. The evidence is, it's evident. <laughs> it's going to show. It's going to show because when, when God's spirit comes to live in you and he comes to live on you, fruit has to come from you. And that was Pastor Bubba's message last week. That, that if, How do you know if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit? If I'm producing fruit at a whole other level. Spiritual fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I think that's it. Which, and then, then the Bible says this, there's no law against those. In other words, there's no restrictions, no re- regulations. You can be as fruity as you want to be. Look at your neighbor and say, you're pretty fruity. <laughs> Look back at him and say, you're a fruity pebble. Did y'all catch what I did right there? No, I didn't. Y'all need to be sharpened. So today, I want to talk to you about Spiritual gifts. We're going to start today on spiritual gifts. We can't get through them all. Um, in fact, we're only going to take one portion of the spiritual gifts and teach them in this series. <clears throat> and um, so we'll teach some today and we'll teach some again next Sunday. And I think it's important that we understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the title of my message is How Do I Use the Gifts of the Holy Spirit? I love these questions that you ask. Um, they're really smart questions. <clears throat> so today... I think I'm, we're in a place as, as a world, as a nation, as a church, talking about the whole body of Christ where we're starting to see the lack of some things. Uh, we're starting to see the, the consequences of the church being silent for too long. Uh, we're starting to see the consequences of the church not preaching the gospel like it's supposed to. Uh, we're starting to see the repercussions of the church not using the spiritual gifts like they're supposed to. And I think that's what we're actually harvesting today. Is, is, and, I, and, I, and as a Christian, as a Christian, not even a pastor, as a Christian, I have to own some of that responsibility. I can't just point fingers at everybody else, right? 
I need to own some of it for myself. Because there were plenty of days I took the day off. Plenty of days I didn't listen to God and be led by the Holy Spirit. Plenty of days I didn't open my mouth and preach. Plenty of days I didn't lay my hands on somebody and pray. Plenty of those days. I'm not going to beat myself down for it, but I'm going to take responsibility for it. And I'm going to change the way I go from here forward. Amen? And today, more than ever, I believe, especially in the time that we're living in right now, where people don't want to hear your Christian message anymore. They don't want to hear your religion anymore. But let me tell you what they do want. They want to know something that's real, and they want to know something that's very powerful. They may not even be able to tell you that's what they want, but I promise you that's what they want. They want to know that there is a God, and he's real, and he's powerful. So today, more than ever, I believe we need, as Christians, to be using the spiritual gifts that God gives us. So we're going to talk about that today. <clears throat> Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want you to know. He's not saying, he's not calling you dumb. He's just saying, I want you to be informed. I want you to know about the things of the Spirit, about spiritual gifts. He says, I want you to be educated. I want you to understand them. But, but beyond the education, he wants you to start to act on it. Because we can sit here and decipher the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we can talk about them upside down, backward, forward, and flip them around and talk about them again. But if we never activate them, if we never use them, if we never get out of a comfort zone and apply them into a situation, then we never get to really understand them. Big difference between knowing something and understanding something. Amen? If you say amen, I'm usually a couple minutes shorter. So the word spiritual here is the word pneumaticos, which is what we get the word pneumatic from, which means this, it's something that is powered by air. Uh, pneumatic tools, there's air-powered tools. You ever go to get your tire serviced and you hear the zzz, 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 all that, that's air-powered tools. They're, they're powered by air, not by a wrench, not by a human power, but by air. That's the gifts we're going to talk about today. So there's three categories of gifts, and I just want to break this down as small as possible in bite-sized pieces so we can walk away from here today with a greater understanding. Of all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, there's three different categories that I want to show you today. Number one is the motivational gifts. These are found in Romans 12. If you're taking notes, by the way, you can take notes online. You can, you can download our app and take notes there. Um, but there's the motivational gifts, and they're found in Romans chapter 12. These are gifts from the Father. They're grace gifts. These gifts come more natural to you. These are kind of like the gifts you would, you would start to think, I'm born with this gift. It's, it's a gift from the Father. It's a gift from God. It's, it's, um, it's the motivational gifts. Then there's the ministry gifts. These are found in Ephesians chapter 4. These are gifts from Jesus to equip God's people to do his work and build up his church. This is the gifts that you see that are apostles, prophets, um, teachers, evangelists, all those kinds of gifts. They're, they're given by Jesus to, to oversee and help the operation of the church. They're ministry gifts. And then there's the manifestational gifts that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14. These are the pneumatic gifts 
that we have. These are the gifts that are powered by the Holy Spirit. They're gifts from the Holy Spirit, watch this, to help and strengthen one another. These gifts are given to us to help one another and to strengthen one another. So watch this. They're not just for me. Are you seeing this? They're not just for me. They're for one another to help and to bring strength. So watch this. God gives me a gift. He gives me gifts to use. They, they work in my life, but he gives them to me to help other people. So if John's in a bind and he needs some help, I say he's, he's discouraged and God gives me a gift through the Holy Spirit, I'm to take my gift and give it to John and use my gift to encourage him, right? To help him and to strengthen him. <clears throat> That's what we're called to do with these spiritual gifts. And the gifts we're going to talk about today are called the manifestational gifts. <clears throat> Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, he said, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, watch this, for the common good. <clears throat> God gives us these spiritual gifts simply to do good. <laughs> he never intended for us to take his spiritual gifts, his precious gifts, and use it to harm people. Very important. Because too many believers have been wounded and hurt under the authority of somebody supposedly using a spiritual gift to embarrass or to do damage in their soul. Not what they're supposed to be used for. They're used for good. If you understand God, if you're starting to understand and you're starting to grow in your relationship with God, you're, you're going to soon start realizing that God is not, his most important thing with you is not pointing out what you do wrong. God spends more time, effort, and energy getting you up when you fail and encouraging you to keep going. He's an encouraging God. Can he correct you? Heck yeah, he can correct you. We better pray that he never corrects us the way he used to correct things. Amen? But most of the time when he deals with me, it's getting me up and getting me going. He's never embarrassed me. Never shamed me. He's never done that. The gifts are used for the common good. Let me give you three thoughts about the gifts before we get into them. <clears throat> Number one, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are meant for each of us, which means this. Every single person that is a believer in Jesus Christ, filled with his Holy Spirit, gets a gift. <laughs> You're not nearly as excited as I am. Like everybody gets a gift. Like there's enough to go out. You get a gift. You get a gift. You get a gift. You get a gift. Maybe that helps. If you're a believer filled with his Holy Spirit, you get a spiritual gift. Come on, that's good stuff for each of us. Listen to me. God did not forget about you. He did not get mad at you and then exempt you from the gifts. He doesn't have a list that he says, okay, everybody can have a gift but these. He's not Santa Claus. He doesn't have a naughty and nice gift list that he's going, well, you get gifts and you don't. That is not who God is. If you've been naughty, he'll deal with that. <laughs> we shouldn't be afraid 
of the gifts of God. We shouldn't be ignorant of the spiritual gifts. In fact, we should go after them. God intends for every one of us to be fully equipped. What is the church missing today? We're missing a greater understanding that there's power in my hands. It doesn't come from me. It's air power. It comes from heaven. But if I'll open my hands and receive some power from heaven, God will use me to bring power into this earth. Amen? It, it, it can show up as love. It can show up as care, as concern, as mercy. If I'll just open my life to him. He wants us to be fully equipped. Listen to how Paul says this in chapter uh, 14. He says, pursue love earnestly. <laughs> earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Watch this. Wake up for a second. Watch this. That means we should be going after the spiritual gifts. We should be praying and asking God, stir up the gifts inside of me. Show me the gifts that I have. Use your gifts through me, God. Every morning I wake up, God, use me today. I submit myself to you today. Pour out a gift on me so that I can transform the planet around me. Amen. That's who we should be today. We're not on this planet to make a paycheck. We're on this planet to transform it and so we can get out of here. So the gifts are for each of us. Number two, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are his. He gives them to us, but they're his. Watch this in 1 Corinthians 12. It says, all these gifts are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions or gives to each one individually as he wills. Okay, so that just takes a whole lot of pressure off of you. I don't have to like, you know, find my gift of the word of knowledge and pull it out and then apply it. You don't have to do it. He gives it to you. He apportions it to you. He hands it to you. Watch this. As he wills. He knows more than we do. He knows better than we do. He knows where a gift needs to be used and where it doesn't need to be used, right? If we'll just simply open our lives to him and say, Lord, would you just use me? I surrender. I give you my life. Every day, all day, I give you my life. You'll start to live an adventure that you can't find anywhere else. You start to live a life of purpose and meaning. He owns them. He distributes them as, at his will. He's the one who empowers the gift. It's, it's so watch this. That means you don't have to stir up anything. I've been to church services where they'll, they'll make the worship team play another song. Go one more round. The people ain't ready. Like, like we get to wind up these gifts inside of us. The Holy Spirit empowers the gift that he gives us. If I'm flexing and straining and trying, it's not God. Oh, come on. I don't have to strain to make my gift work. I just got to let. Come on, sometimes it's just letting myself get out the way and letting the Holy Spirit work through me. Sometimes letting myself get uncomfortable. Oh, but I don't like to be uncomfortable. I hear you. 
Sometimes a gift seems permanent for you. Sometimes it seems like you have a gift for life. It's one that seems to just be uh, easier to flow in, easier to, to operate in. And sometimes it's like that where gifts seem more permanent. But there's other times where gifts seem real occasional. I'll share a story with you at the end where, where it was, uh, God used some gifts in, in me in a situation that was for that situation. But it wasn't for every day. So sometimes they're permanent. Sometimes they're occasional. Sometimes there's circumstances or situations that God puts you in or that you find yourself in that he gives you a gift for that moment. When that moment's done, you may walk away and not have that gift right now. Does that make sense? So sometimes they seem permanent. Sometimes they seem occasional. But what would happen if every one of us here today we change our attitude and say, God, use me today. I open myself up to you. Stir up the spiritual gifts inside of me. Use me. Give me a gift to use today. What would happen? I can tell you what would happen. The atmosphere around you would begin to change the world around you will begin to change. You'll immediately start to face some resistance that you're going to have to faith your way through that. But anytime there's good resistance, that means you have a good purpose. Amen? Like if the, like if the enemy's not upset with about, about what you're about to do, then like, what are you doing? Right? It's like, you need to make him mad. Be open, whatever, whatever situation, God, whatever you want to do through me, the gifts are his. Number three, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for the common good. We kind of tackled this already, but watch what Paul said in Galatians 6. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone. You know, sometimes God, God will, will use you in people's lives that you don't like very much. Sometimes God will use you with people that irritate you. So if you spend your whole life running from people that irritate you, you don't get to be used by God in their life and they don't get to receive the gift from God that you have for them. All in the name of you're irritated. Oh, listen, there's abrasive people in this world. I'm probably one of them. Thank you for not saying amen. <laughs> I set you up. You didn't take it. But his gifts are for common good. They're, they're for the lost people, for the found people, for the church people, for the community. They're for at home. They're for at work. Yes, you can use your spiritual gifts at work. But they don't let us talk about God. Well, you ain't got to talk about God. Lay hands on somebody and pray or, or trust God to give you a word of wisdom for them. This is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, for to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another the faith Faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. 
These are nine, there are nine gifts, but I'm only going to talk about a few of them today because these gifts are even broken down. Remember, we're talking about the motivational gifts. I'm sorry, not the motivational. The manifestational gifts. These gifts are broken down into three categories. The discerning gifts, which is what we're going to talk about today. Then we're going to talk about next week the declarative gifts, and then we're going to talk about the dynamic gifts. So the discerning gifts, what we're going to talk about today is the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. Next week, we'll talk about prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Then we'll talk about faith, gifts of healing, and working of miracles, if we have time next week. You see it? Making sense. So today, we're talking about the discerning gifts. So here we go. Y'all ready? Number one, word of knowledge. This is a gift given by the Holy Spirit as he sees fit, empowered by him that we just need to be yielded to. Word of knowledge. What does it mean? It means to know something specific without having learned it by natural means. In other words, you didn't stalk somebody on social media to find out a bunch of information and then in the name of God came with a word of knowledge. It's ludicrous. That's not a word of knowledge. That's a word of media. Right? And there's a whole lot of that out there today, isn't there? Wouldn't it be nice to have more words of knowledge? <clears throat> Jesus used this gift in John chapter 4. Watch this. Remember the story of the woman at the well? Jesus comes to this well. There's a woman there. He asks her to fix him something to drink. She says a few things. He says this, verse 16. He says, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. Talk about an uncomfortable moment. <laughs> like Shazam. <laughs> what you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. What she didn't understand was, is that he was not using a gift of prophecy in that moment. It was a word of knowledge. It was something that he didn't gain on his own, something that, that nobody else had told him. It came straight from heaven, from God the Father, who knows everyone, knows everyone's business, knows everyone's situation, knows everyone's words, their thoughts, their deeds, their actions, when the lights are on, when the lights are off. God knows everything. Boy, how we forget that. That's where the word of knowledge came from. It comes from heaven. It comes from what God knows about the situation or the person you're in front of, and he gives you a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge to me seems like a lot of times it's, it's, when, it's when God uses a word of knowledge, it's to almost validate the authority that the person has or the authority that God has, or it, 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 it validates the, the glory of God in that moment. Because, because I've, had, I've had prophecies and I've had words of knowledge spoken over me and I go, there ain't no way. Ain't no way. Uh -uh. Only God. That was only God. So a word of knowledge comes from somewhere, but it must always land somewhere. Like, like it needs to be true. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people try to give somebody a word of knowledge and then convince them that it's true. <laughs> like, no, that ain't happening. <laughs> 
That don't work like that. A word of knowledge hits you right where you're at. It focuses on facts and information that you wouldn't know otherwise. <clears throat> so number one, a word of knowledge. Number two, a word of wisdom. What's the difference? Well, the difference is knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is information, facts that have probably already happened. Wisdom is, is information that you may need for the future. A word of wisdom is a divine answer or solution to a particular event or situation. It's a specific word of wisdom to help you make decisions. That's why when we say you should pray about the decisions that you're making, you should be, what I'm saying is you should be looking for a word of wisdom. Should I eat this cookie or not? <laughs> Come on, somebody. I need a word of wisdom. Just ask your wife. She'll tell you if you need to eat that cookie or not. Have you ever found yourself trying to figure something out and you can't figure it out? Like there's no way around it, no solution you can come up with, and you're like, God, this can't be that hard. There's got to be a solution and you can't find it. And then sometimes somebody else will come up and they'll give you a word. Word of wisdom. Does it make sense? It's a word of wisdom. Let me show you three people that used the word of wisdom and how it helped and how it worked in their lives, and even the consequences of using a gift called the word of wisdom. Joseph, in the Old Testament, was in prison, and he got called up to interpret Pharaoh's dream. Nobody else could interpret the dream. So, so Joseph gets called up. Joseph interprets the dream. He's, the dream was you're about to go into uh, so many years of famine, and if you don't do something about it, it's going to get bad. Okay? So Joseph comes up. They call him up to the palace. Joseph interprets the dream. That's not a word of wisdom. That's interpretation of dreams. Joseph interprets the dream, and then God gives him a word of wisdom on what to do with the dream, which is when God, God gives Joseph the word of wisdom to, we're going to save this much grain, store this much grain, sell this much grain. It's going to work like this, and it's at the end of seven years, when this is done, we'll have plenty of food for everybody to eat. A word of wisdom. And what was cool about that is that Pharaoh was so impressed with the word of wisdom that Joseph got the promotion. Which, by the way, that happens. The Bible says God will let you share in his sufferings, but he also let you share in his glory. Joseph got a promotion by using a word of wisdom. He didn't use the word of wisdom to get the promotion. He just used the word of wisdom, and God did the promoting. His motives was right. <laughs> You see it? Uh, Elijah had a word of wisdom to dig ditches when they'd been in a long drought and rain was coming. Uh, New Testament, Paul was on a ship. The ship was about to wreck. And God gave him a word of wisdom to save the people on the ship. Look at it in Acts chapter 27. Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship, <clears throat> of the ship and let it go. As day was about to dawn, Paul urged them all to take some food, saying, Today is the 14th day that you have continued in suspense and without food, having taken nothing. Therefore, I urge you to take some food, for it will give you strength. For it is for your deliverance, for not a hair is to perish from the head of any of you. So watch this. Paul's in a situation. The boat's about to sink. Terrible storm, been in it for a while. God gives him, the Holy Spirit gives him the, the, the word of wisdom. He uses his gift, stay in the boat, 
and eat something, nobody's going to die. Well, what's the end of the story? They stayed in the boat. They ate something. The ship wrecked. Everybody survived. Word of wisdom. Do you think the world today needs Christians to use a word of wisdom? Every now and then? Maybe every once in a while? Like maybe once a week? Can I get once a week? <clears throat> Remember, the gifts are for common good. God is saving people's lives with spiritual gifts. <laughs> word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and the third gift is discerning of spirits. It's called the gift of discerning of spirits. It's to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit. It's basically this to be able to tell the difference between spirits. Hello, we live in a world where there's demonic influence all around us. You don't need to be creeped out and, and scared of that. That is just reality. We're not called to be afraid of that and run from that. We've actually been given authority and power to speak to that and to command and demand that to do whatever we want it to do. It's called discerning of spirits. <clears throat> Notice it's not the gift of discernment, but rather discerning of spirits. Because some people have said that it's the gift of discernment, but the gift of discernment doesn't show up in the Bible. <laughs> we all have the ability to discern God gives us a bit of discernment, but, but there is a gift called the discerning of the spirits, and it's very specific. It's to tell the difference between the spirits. Does this make sense? Let me show you how it shows up in Paul's life in Acts chapter 16. One day, as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who, has, who had a spirit. Notice he said a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. <clears throat> Funny story, there's a commercial on TV right now. And it comes on, I guess, 9, 10 o'clock at night, and it's the California Psychics. For $1.99, come on, now they're getting cheap. Like $1.99, I can get my fortune told. I wonder how many people Call that number and spend a dollar ninety-nine to have some demonic spirit tell you something about your future. Now I hope to God none of you called because you'd be really, really feel awkward right now with me saying this. <laughs> and by the way, I didn't see anybody go, so y'all good. <laughs> John's got his head down, but I'm not worried about John. <clears throat> a girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. I mean, she's advertising for Paul and the, and the other guys. She's going, these are men of God. They're here to tell you how to be saved. 
I'm thinking, bro, that's not a bad thing, right? I mean, it's like free advertisement from a demonic spirit. I mean, like, you know, devil's working for me now. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and instantly it left her. Paul and the guys get in trouble for this later on because they messed up somebody's livelihood. But Paul cast the demon out of her. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to run from. I'm not creeped out. I've got the Holy Spirit. Like the spirit that comes from King Jesus, the spirit that comes from God Almighty. I've got the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what the enemy has. I've got the goods. Amen? So I'm not going to squawk back. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to run and hide. I'm going to stand and speak to it, and it is going to listen to me because I'm speaking in the name of Jesus. It's going to listen to me, and it's going to do just like what happened right here. The Holy Spirit wants to show you demonic spirits that are coming against your marriage, your kids, your business, so that you can pray and break the enemy's plan. Watch this. Here's what's just going to trip you out. But if you don't know this and you ain't using this, then you got all that coming against you. And you you sitting up in your house wondering, my life is such a mess. Why do we keep going through this whole thing? Because nobody's standing against it. Paul had enough. Enough, he says. Why did he shut her down from, from advertising for them? Because he didn't want him or Jesus' ministry being represented by a demonic spirit. It ain't right. Watch this. You don't play with those things. You don't play with that. It does too much damage for too long. You don't play with that. You push it out. You get it away, and you move on. Amen? Amen. Why? Because you've been given authority to stand against that. But you've got to be able to know what that is. Because some people don't understand this, and they flip the script, and everything's a demon. Like if the dog chases the car. Oh, that dog's got a demon! <laughs> the dog ain't got a demon? He's a dog. Probably a retriever. And he's too dumb to realize if he catches the car, he can't do nothing with it. Not everything's a demon. Amen? Because the enemy will flip the script on you and get you to chase his stuff. We're not called to chase demons. We're called to preach the gospel. Heal the sick. Pray for the lame to recover. Is this making sense? So I don't want you to leave here today overwhelmed by the gifts. I don't want you to leave here today afraid to use the gifts. The world needs them. You need them. Everybody benefits from a spiritual gift. Amen? Everybody, the, the, the receiver of the gift benefits. When I use the gift in, to help somebody else, I benefit. 
What happens to me? My faith grows. My trust grows. I get to understand God better and how he works. I'm encouraged. I live a life of adventure. I never know what's going to happen. You better be ready because if you open your heart to for God to use the gifts in you, he's going to use them. And it's going to be wild a little bit. And it's going to be uncomfortable. But watch this. God will never embarrass you. He'll never embarrass you. Some people refuse to open themselves up to the gifts of the Spirit because they're afraid to be embarrassed. God is not an embarrassing God. How do you know that, Pastor? Because he deals with me about my sin in private. He always deals with me in private first. God has never embarrassed me. I've embarrassed me. <clears throat> I had this thought that, that if, if we as a church, right here in Eunice, our Savior's church, starting today, If we, would just, if we would just begin to ask God to use his gifts in us, all that could happen. It's so beautiful. I'm telling you right now, it is so beautiful when God uses a gift in you and you allow the Holy Spirit to use that gift and you step into a situation you got somebody who's discouraged and beat down and ready to give up on life and God and the Holy Spirit drops this gift on you and you use it in that moment and then you see them in that moment transform you can't get enough of that it's beautiful one of the most beautiful things you'll do as a Christian is to allow the Holy Spirit to use his gifts in you. <clears throat> so I want to wrap it up with this. My own story when it came to spiritual gifts. <clears throat> I wasn't born a charismatic. I wasn't born um, understanding the gifts of the Spirit. I grew up in a church where they didn't even teach on the Holy Spirit. They never talked about the gifts. Those things expired somewhere along the way. They all but said that. And I'm like, since when did Jesus change his mind and say that it's best for, that he, for us that he leaves so that the Holy Spirit could come for it just to expire? Like, when did Jesus change his mind? He never changed his mind. It's still true today. But that's how I was raised. I was raised to not know anything. I was ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit, about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So life goes on. I grow as a Christian. I, I know the word. I know how to pray. I know how to speak Christianese. I know all these things. And, <clears throat> but there's an emptiness in my life. And I don't know what to do with it. I can't put my finger on it. It's, it's a hunger. I, I, can't, I can't satisfy it. There's something missing. I get baptized in the Holy Spirit, an incredible experience. I start praying in tongues. I get my prayer language. And man, life starts to change. I'm like, wow, this is great. Praying tongues all the time. Woo! It does exactly what the Bible says it does. But still, there was something missing. I wasn't, I wasn't touching on the gifts of the Spirit. And then I got hungry for that. I'll never forget asking God to show me and help me that I wanted to be open to those things. I was afraid. 
I was confused. I was nervous. And I had an opportunity to go with one of my heroes to England named Brother Keith. And Brother Keith's about 70-something years old, probably 76 maybe. I don't want to put too much age on him. but And he's an old-school charismatic, but he's not a nut. Just an old-school charismatic, was raised with the things of the Spirit. Total opposite of what I was raised. When you get around him, the reason you know he's genuine is because when you walk away from him, you're saturated in the love of God. He just loves on people like God loves on people. So I go to England with Brother Keith. Now, Brother Keith, like I said, is in his 70s, and he can, he can minister and he can do church till the cows come home. Like, he never gets tired. He's, he's probably running straight up on, on Holy Ghost fumes sometimes. I mean, it's just like, it's crazy. So it's all kinds of things. Been, went to all kinds of churches. We rolled up in this church in downtown London. It's, it's, it was called a Jamaican church. <clears throat> We come around the corner. We're downtown. Big buildings everywhere. We're in a van. There's about eight of us. And you can hear the music bumping. I was like, we must be near the club. <laughs> I used to know what that sounded like. And I was like, man, is that a club? What is that? And, bro- and Brother Keith goes, no, that's the church. I was like, are you serious? This is, like, this is like 10 or 11 o'clock on a Friday night. We walk into this church, and these people are getting it. I mean, like worshiping God, the band's, the band's doing incredible. It, it's just, it, I'm like, Baptist boy from South Louisiana in London walking into this church, and before you know it, Brother Keith's on the stage. Before you know it, he's, he's using the gifts, and I'm like, and we stay there till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. The next day, I end up at a women's conference with another guy who's a preacher. He got invited to the women's conference to just go be there. Another guy's preaching. So we sit down. We listen to the guy preach. He's done preaching. The lady who's running the conference says, hey, Nick, would you come and pray for some people, for these ladies? I'm like, yeah, Nick, go pray for them ladies. <laughs> it's like, I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> and, and so Nick, Nick goes up. He's like, come on with me. So I go up there with him. There's this big old long line of women that he's praying for. Remember, I was hungry, something missing. I got on this trip, and God started to show me some things. <clears throat> First lady comes up, and Nick starts to pray for her. Word of knowledge, right there, just like that. He starts to tell her things about her that, that only God would know. She breaks. She starts crying. She starts weeping. He prays for her. I'm like, whoa, like, this is cool. Like, this is what I've been wanting to see. But it takes a while. And so there's a long line. So after a couple of women that he prays for he looks at me, he goes, hey, you pray. <laughs> like, help a brother out. I was like, for real? He's like, yeah, you can do it. I'm like, okay. So they form another line. And now I got a line of women that I'm about to pray for, and I'm scared of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The first woman walks up, and I'm like, put my hand on her shoulder, I open my mouth, and a word of knowledge came from heaven. And I just said things about her to her that I had no clue before I started praying. She broke. She cried. How can you know this? <laughs> I'm like, baby, it's God. Trust, trust me, it's God. <laughs> and one after another, after another, after another, 
the Holy Spirit gave me gifts to be used in that moment. And what happened for me that day forever changed my life. It was not weird. There wasn't even a band playing. It was silence, just like this, in a gymnasium. You don't need all that other stuff. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit became very real to me that day. And I walked away with this understanding that the Holy Spirit can give me a gift any minute when he wants to and when he sees fit. If I will be open to it. He doesn't force me to have it. So in other words, you're not going to be at Walmart and all of a sudden start dropping a word of knowledge on somebody without you being willing to do so. It's not the movie Ghost where a spirit jumps in you and all this happens. Don't work like that. Your heart needs to be yielded. Your heart needs to be open and willing And like Paul said, earnestly desiring the spiritual gifts. Amen? So God's not going to embarrass you. There's nothing to be afraid of. The world needs it now more than ever before. And we need it now more than ever before. Amen? We need to know the God who has the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need to know how that operates. We need to know what those experiences are. And since my England trip and my eyes were opened and my heart was open, time and time and time and time again, different situations, different circumstances, different gifts give given for me to use in those moments. And I've seen God time and time and time again do something incredible. I'm a preacher. It's my title, pastor, preacher. A couple weeks ago, I did the funeral for one of my my best friends. And I've preached a lot of sermons over the last several years. Never been as nervous as I was for this one. I never had as much weight and pressure as I did for that one. There was a whole different anointing, a whole different weight of responsibility. I had all kinds of people messaging me and texting me, hey man, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you, man. You, you need some prayer right now. And people reached out. John came and encouraged me. And Brendan, those guys, they, they reached out to me. And I, and I was just sitting here like, I feel the weight, but I don't know what everybody else is freaking out about. And, but I didn't understand the enormity of what I was getting ready to do. I stood on the pulpit and I preached. The message that the Holy Spirit gave me it took 30 minutes to write the message. I wrote the message. It had prophetic words in it to the family. It had a very simple salvation message to it. He gave me all the in-between words to say when I said it. I stood up to preach. I opened my mouth. And I'm telling you today, it was not like I'm preaching today. It was like the Holy Spirit was preaching through me. And at the end of that day, over 60 people gave their lives to Christ. At a funeral. That's a gift being used in somebody who's willing to be used. Amen? So as a church today, I'm asking you to open your heart, open your mind, 
set aside your fears set aside your worries and your concerns and just yield yourself to God to the Holy Spirit simply Holy Spirit use me you see when we earnestly desire the spiritual gifts God earnestly desires to give them to us I know kids who've gotten it like that. The cool thing about kids is they have no fears, concerns, or worries. They're not even worried about a reputation. Most of them can't even say reputation. And just open their heart for God to do something and God will use a kid. Let's pray. So my leaders are going to come up and I want to give you an opportunity today to be prayed for. need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to yield your heart and you need somebody to pray with you. Whatever it is, I want to invite you. As soon as I start praying, you're welcome to come up and these folks will pray for you. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you that in this moment, in this time of history, as a people, as a nation, as a church God you begin to stir up the gifts of the spirit like never before I cast down fear today I cast down worry today and I pray God for an earnest desire to well up inside of every one of us for the gifts of the spirit Love being the motivator. Love being the driving force. I pray, God, that you would stir up the love inside of us for the people that are in this world and in our world. So much so, God, that it would cause us to earnestly desire the gifts. The gifts to display the love. So if you need prayer, you can come up right now. Father, today, would you stir us up? I pray, God, that we would begin to see the emptiness in the world around us when the gifts aren't being used. The missed opportunities. God, I pray we wouldn't be condemned by it, but we would be motivated by it to bring about change, to display your love to this world that has no clue of how much you love them. God, I pray your anointing would begin to fall upon every person here. God, you would begin to stir up the gifts inside of us. And God, when opportunity comes, we would yield ourselves to you. We'd walk away with an experience that we wouldn't have gotten any other way. So I pray today, God, you would stir up words of knowledge words of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for empowering those gifts in us, for giving them the power. We don't have to give them power. You give them power. And we thank you for that. And we bless you today. We 
I give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Come on, church.